0: Welcome to The Story Forest, a podcast of original tales for curious and adventurous children. The Dashaway detectives are certain that someone is trying to steal something valuable by cheating in the treasure hunt. Will they manage to get to the prize first? Written by Anna Roberts and read by her favourite storyteller in the world, her mother, Pam McNaughton. Twisting Treasure Jacob Fletcher was waiting for the dashaway detectives just outside the caravan. I've spent a few hours researching the history of the village, he said, without a good morning or even a hello. And I've walked around it ten times. It should put us in with a pretty good chance. We need more than a good chance, Diggory said. Inside, he was a bit annoyed that Jacob had been working harder than he had. We need to win or someone is going to steal that trophy for good. They walked together into Walderburn, where the final event of the Walderburn Valley show was due to start, with the prize trophy that the Dashaway detectives were certain that someone was trying to steal. It was busy, and as they walked through, they saw people they recognised from many of their adventures. As they arrived in the square, a booming voice sounded and they looked to where a woman was standing on a platform with a megaphone. Welcome to the 58th Annual Walderburn Treasure Hunt! A cheer went up from the crowd. When it had died down, the lady continued, Please register at the desk just over there, then wait for your first clue. The Dashaway detectives joined the long queue, and without discussing it, all fell silent to listen to the chatter of the people around them, alert for anything that might show them who the crook was. When they got to the front, Diggory signed them up as the Dashaway detectives. Someone handed out blue envelopes with clues, and then the organiser stepped onto a platform and shot a pistol in the air to begin everything. Diggory tore open the envelope and read quietly aloud, "'A literal trip down memory lane. Correspondents visit again and again.'" All of them moved to look at it closely. Around the square, some of the teams were moving already and it was difficult not to feel stressed. "'There are lots of things in a village you visit again and again,' Dora said, looking around. Correspondence, though, Douglas said. I'm sure that's important. A letter box Diggory hissed. For letters you go again and again. Memory lane? Jacob frowned. Memory I feel as though Oh he suddenly opened his eyes very wide. One word you can use for a memory in French is souvenir. And in the village there's a souvenir street so it's memory lane. Brilliant, Diggory said, trying not to be annoyed that Jacob had got it first, but Jacob was already running. The others followed them. The others followed until they came to a very narrow street. A few teams were there already, but they ignored them and scanned the walls. Dora spotted the post box set into the wall of an old shop. When they skidded to a halt beside it, a man stepped out from a recess, uh, smiled a mysterious smile and handed them a green envelope. They grinned and moved out of the way. Diggory handed it to Jacob to open and he did so. But as he did, he cried out as something was falling from inside. He poured it into his hand and Dora picked up a piece from the floor. It was dirt! dried mart falling into pieces. Jacob looked at them, then looked in the envelope again, drew out some other things, then held them flat on his palm for them all to see. A dried daisy, a bent head of wheat, a piece of wood and a stone. The team were wordless for a moment. They had expected another piece of paper with a clue on, certainly not this. What are we meant to, Douglas said. Dora frowned. Jacob held the collection up to his face and sniffed it. This stuff has to show us something, Diggory said. It could be a farm, soil, wheat. Daisy, though, Dora said. Why would you put in a daisy if it's a farm? Let's get out of here anyway, Douglas said, looking up and down the street. It's getting busy and we don't want anyone to follow. They went back towards the centre of the village. On the way, they passed Danny, who they had stopped from stealing things in the magpie mystery, and his team. Diggory gave them a grin. Danny gave him a strained smile, which Diggory thought was rather odd. There were still people everywhere. This way, Dora said, and she slipped into the churchyard where, finally, it was quiet. Jacob laid out the items on a bench and they all stared. Diggory sighed eventually and started pacing. As he did, he read the gravestones that stood around him. Thomas Burton, William Boothby, Alexander Hasbury, Barnaby Cropwood. He frowned and turned again at the end of his pace. Cropwood? His mind began to whiz, Maybe Dora leading them into the churchyard was the luckiest thing that had happened to them all day. He stepped over to the bench and took the items over to Barnaby Cropwood's grave. He laid them on the ground. The earth for the earth of the grave. The stone for the gravestone. The wheat for the crop. The stick for the wood. Crop wood. The others stared at him as though he had gone mad, but when he explained, they began to get excited. The daisy, Dora said. There must be a daisy cropwood somewhere, Douglas said decidedly. Let's look. They read the gravestones along the rows until Douglas called out from a corner. He had found it. It was a very large gravestone under a tree. As the Dashaway detectives approached, a man stepped out from behind it. He handed Dora a yellow envelope. ''Well done,'' he said. ''Is anyone ahead of us?'' Diggory asked urgently. The man frowned. ''You're not the first to collect this clue.'' He turned abruptly and went away. He wasn't going to say any more. ''At least one person is ahead of us,'' Jacob said. ''And I bet it's the one who stole our extra clue yesterday.'' We would be miles ahead of everyone if we had that. Douglas steered them a back way out of the graveyard to avoid other teams. Dora opened the envelope. They were in a field and they flopped to sit down, leaning their backs against the stone wall. Dora opened the envelope to find a piece of squared paper with some difficult-looking equations on it and a pencil. Jacob whooped and she passed it over. He and Douglas, who were the best dashways at maths, started to scribble wildly. Dora looked over at Diggory. He was moving his face a lot, she noticed, as though there was a lot going on inside his mind. What is it, Dig? she asked, pulling at the long grass around them. I just wonder, he said, in an undertone, whether there's anything different we could be doing to catch the thief. Dora turned this over in her mind a few times. They're not actually a thief, as they haven't stolen anything yet, she said, scrunching the grass between her hands. So we can't really do anything except get there first. Diggory gave out a big sigh. How many detectives had absolutely no idea about who they were chasing? It didn't feel right. We've got it! "'Jacob announced. "'It was mainly Jacob,' Douglas added, fairly. "'He spread out the piece of paper in front of the others. "'I think it makes coordinates,' he said. "'Diggory yelped, and he drew out of his pocket a map of the area. "'They looked, and sure enough, "'the coordinates took them just a little way out of the village. "'Full of confidence now, Diggory led the way, "'trying to look as casual as he could while he did so.' It was just along this street, over that road, and then out along. He stopped. They all did. Something had happened. A stream was rushing across the road, but it clearly wasn't the normal route. Douglas dashed to the left and looked over the hedge and the others followed. The stream bed it was meant to go down in a little waterfall was along the side of the road. But someone had dumped some huge hay bales, forcing the water to go over the road instead. I guess we're going to get wet, Dora said, taking off her sandals and paddling primly across. The others followed, but all of them had the same question pulsing through them. Had someone done this on purpose? They climbed the rest of the lane quickly, then Diggory led them into a farm courtyard and behind a barn full of familiar-looking hay bales, they were stacked almost to the roof. It's time to climb, Douglas said, and they did, rather enjoying the heights and challenges before them. They got to the other end of the barn, and a grinning woman appeared. She had straw in her hair, but didn't seem to mind. She handed Diggory an orange envelope. Are you missing any hay bales? Diggory asked boldly. He saw the woman suddenly look a bit uncertain. There were some strange noises a few minutes ago, but I have to stay here, the lady said. There were some noises now. Another team was on its way. You'd better be going. Look. She lifted a panel that you'd never expect to open, and the dashaway detectives and Jacob stepped out, blinking into the sunshine. The stream was definitely sabotage, Diggory said grimly. The others nodded. They walked back and crossed the water again before he opened the envelope. It was words again. He read. Very general, without the clause. where rumbling sound doesn't pause. But straight after he read it, he stuffed it into his pocket because Danny's team was approaching. There you are. Danny said, breathless and red-faced, good. Words were tumbling out of his mouth. Earlier, I heard a voice and I knew it, but I didn't know why. Except that now I do remember. It was the voice I heard in the woods on that night. Do you remember? The voice that said there was something very valuable about shoebox-sized and shiny, and they wanted to steal it. And I thought you should know. Diggory was, for a moment, speechless. Of course. Why hadn't they made that connection before now? The trophy fitted the description. It must be more valuable than anybody thought, even Thomas Worthington. Someone had been trying to steal it for almost the whole summer. And now they were within reach. Who was it? Douglas asked, but Danny shook his head. I looked around, but I don't know. You know what the square was like? Completely full. The dashaway detective's heart sank, but Dig replied in his best detective voice, Thank you for the valuable information. We may need you again. Where are you on the treasure hunt? Danny laughed. Oh, we've given up. We're stumped. Please stay in the centre of the village, Diggory said, and listen to all the voices "'until you know who it was. "'And,' his mind was racing ahead, "'gather up any other kids you can. "'We're going to try to race him to the end, "'but we might need help.' "'Danny nodded and ran towards the town. "'Doug and Jacob looked at Dig, impressed. "'I've got it,' Dora said, simply. "'She was holding the orange envelope.' and the boys were impressed that she had taken it from Dick's pocket without him noticing. I'm not really sure what the whole clue means, but I had an idea when you read it out. Claws and paws. Only they sound like, you know, a cat's claws and paws. And there's a pet shop the other side of Harbinton called the Cat Purr's Pet Emporium, and I have visited it a few times, And I think that's what the clue is talking about. The others stared at her. She handed them the piece of paper and they read it through. It sounded right. Lead the way, Dick said, and she did. The kids ran as fast as they could. By the time they got to the road with the turning for the pet emporium, they were completely out of breath. The sign that Dora usually followed was gone. She frowned and looked in the bushes. It had been hidden. More sabotage, Diggory said. Never mind that. Let's go. Dora led them down to the huge pet shop and went inside. They scanned the rows of gerbils and mice and passed all the brightly coloured fish swimming endlessly to and fro, expecting someone to step out with an envelope at any moment. But no one did. When Doug got to the back of the store, he shouted and the others ran. Doug was on the floor and so was someone else. A man was laid out, twitching a little, with rope tied around his wrists and ankles and something that looked like a bandana tied around his mouth. Doug cut this carefully with his penknife, then got to work on the ropes. What happened? Dig asked urgently. Don't know, the man said angrily. Felt something bash my head and then I woke up like this. And I think all the clues are gone. It's only meant to be a game, but the first person to come along knocks me out. Diggory caught Jacob's eye. The thief was the only one ahead of them. The clues are gone, Douglas said, finishing untying the man. He stretched and sat up, then reached into his jeans pocket. There. He had pulled out a red envelope. He didn't find that one. Diggory took it. The man seemed a bit dazed. From inside the envelope, Diggory could hear the clue calling to him. They could win. They could be the first to get the trophy. But it wasn't quite the right thing to do. When Digg spoke, no one thought to question him. He was clearly in charge. Doug, you run into town and tell the other kids everything we know. Get them to block the roads out of the village and keep their eyes open. Get them following the teams that are left. Tell the police too, and Dad, and anyone else. Go, now. Douglas set off at a run. Dig turned to Dora. You've got to stay here, Dora. Call an ambulance and make sure this guy is OK. Dora nodded and Diggory noticed her face was pale. Dig turned to Jacob. We've got to try and work out where the thief is going to be. We don't need to solve the clue exactly, just work out the whereabouts. Let's head back towards the village, Jacob said. And Dig nodded as he opened the envelope and they set off at a fast pace. Inside was a piece of card with symbols on. He showed Jacob. Some kind of hieroglyphs, Jacob said flatly. I have literally no idea. Nor me, Diggory said. But he turned the piece of card over in his hand and it reminded him of something, something recent. This is the same card that Horace Bancroft uses, he said, hurrying his footsteps. And it makes sense. Who better to come up with clues than a former spy? We don't need to solve the clue. We need to find Horace. The two of them rushed into the village and spotted the tall, thin ex-spy sat at a table outside the village shop, sipping lemonade. They sat down opposite him. Someone is trying to steal the prize, Diggory said urgently. We've tried to overtake him in the treasure hunt, but he's sabotaged it and he's still ahead. We don't have time to solve the last clue. You've got to tell us where the treasure is hidden before it's stolen forever. Horace looked at them hard. I suppose you've organised this children's guard around the village, he said. Diggory nodded impatiently. You have to tell us, otherwise, he could get away. Horace Bancroft smiled at them, and Diggory bit his lip in frustration. The ex spy spoke. I'm pleased to say. That you're in prime position. The clue speaks of waste, of things becoming useless, of death. And the team have done some working out with the council just for the day. And of course, it still had to be in a prominent place so we could keep watch over it. What? Jacob started to say. But Horace waved an arm over to the middle of the village square, where there stood an old rubbish bin. The trophy was in the bin. And there, starting to pull out the rubbish from inside, was Mike Nottingham, the florist. Scenes flashed through Diggory's memory. Mike had delivered flowers to the millionaire's house. He must have seen the trophy then. He had been sneaking around the village hall when they were looking for clues, had been on the spot when the picnic baskets were stolen, It was him. Dig hardly knew that he had moved when he found himself bounding across the square. He dived for Mike Nottingham's legs, seeing the flash of sunlight bouncing off the trophy as Mike pulled it out triumphantly. Around them, people were laughing. Douglas approached with a policeman. Diggory clung on for dear life. I've won, boy. It's too late. Get off me, Mike said. His voice was not friendly. Around the square, everyone was watching. That's it, Danny's voice called out. That's him! He's going to steal the trophy forever, Diggory shouted. It's worth more than anyone thinks. He was desperate. How is he going to prove anything at all? Now, lad, time to let go. The policeman spoke kindly, but another voice spoke up. Excuse me, Alan. Horace Bancroft said to the policeman. I happen to think that this extraordinary boy's story adds up. Could I suggest you send someone to check the florist's shop? And his van is parked up on Spinley Street. You should check that too. The policeman stared at Horace, then pulled out his radio and barked out instructions. I'd handcuff him as a precaution. Horace said lightly, and the policeman moved forward to do so. Dig released his grip and Mike kicked out, then started to run. He got about five metres before Douglas, Jacob, Danny, Ashley and several more kids jumped on top of him. And moments later, Dora, who had sent the pet shop man off in the ambulance, perched firmly on his feet while Douglas told her what had happened. It didn't take the policeman long. The florist's shop was locked up and emptied. The van had suitcases in and plane tickets for Hawaii, as well as a few other stolen goods from around the country. Mike Nottingham was arrested, and then the real craziness began. The people from the Walderburn Valley Show insisted on declaring the Dashaway detectives winners of the treasure hunt, awarding them old medals instead of the trophy. No one wanted something that valuable and dangerous on their hands and Thomas Worthington took it back. He made a speech too and presented them with a pet monkey to say thank you. As all of this happened, a million photos were taken and then they were interviewed by journalists on camera and made to repeat everything several hundred times. Dad eventually managed to steal them away to the caravan. Dad eventually managed to steal them away to the caravan where he made everyone his very best beans on toast and lemonade for a special treat while the new monkey bounced around. The Dashaway detectives, of which Jacob was now most definitely a member, though there had been no formal ceremony, found that they were so tired they could hardly even say anything. Diggory let his mind wander. They had caught a real crook. They had stopped a terrible crime. They were going to be in the paper and on the television. He had a real medal to hang up in his bedroom. He cleared his throat and, feeling very grown up, raised his glass. The others looked at him. I propose a toast, he said. And they all lifted their glasses. To summer. To fun. To friends. To being kids and to our best game ever. The dashaway detectives' eyes sparkled as they raised their glasses and drank the cool, refreshing lemonade. The end. Thanks for listening. Have you ever done a treasure hunt? Did you manage to get some of the clues? We've got some more Princess Isabel adventure stories coming up soon.